This is Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Intuitive Oracle, Jamie Hearn. Jamie stirs the cauldron with witches, shamans, healers, psychics, and mediums who bravely share their power and give you insight into what conversations with dead people really look like. It's probably not what you think. Sometimes hilarious, sometimes macabre, and always informative. Welcome back to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. I'm Jamie Hearn, and today we're going to be chatting with Micah of Lee Be Creative about growing into the spiritual force that you were born to be, and so much more. Micah deems herself a riot girl, which is defined as a noun meaning unique, creative, and expressive. Fearless and ready to embrace any challenge. Driven by purpose and cause to change the world. I'd say that's pretty cool and totally accurate for you. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) As a social media strategist, she is here to support her clients as they bring their true inner self to social media. The inner self that might hide, but wants to shout their truth from the rooftops take no bullshit, and be fearless. And, oh, yeah, she's also a roller derby star. Yes. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome, Micah. Thank you. I am really excited to be here talking to you because I love you. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Um, So every week I start with a card pull. This week I'm using the Denise Lynn... Native Spirit deck. Beautiful graphics. I think every card deck I have is just amazing graphics. Although I had one one time that I was drawn to and it was not pretty. Like, I (laughs) I don't know why I was drawn to it. Something about the magic of the deck. And every time I go through my decks and purge, that one always wants to stay. It's like... So funny. I'll have to bring it one time, but it's like Victorian art or something. Nothing I resonate with. And I'm, it, it's well done, but uh-huh. I'm just like, I don't like these cards. So I never use them. I guess I probably should start using them so they can move on. I'm thinking, what is the deck trying to teach you? Right? <laughs> anyway. What, what is today, Let's talk about today's card. It's the prayer feather which totally beautiful. Um, So the prayer feather means love is flowing to you and through you, no matter what an individual is saying or doing. Love him or her anyway. Feathers in native cultures often represent a connection with the creator. Cool. Super cool. (laughs) For a day, love each person you encounter. Imagine a golden ray of light from the center of your heart radiating to the center of the heart of the individual. I needed that today, actually. (laughs) Perfect. So, so tell me, does this resonate for you? It it resonates in the way that it's exactly what I needed to hear. Um, My behavior today has not been out of love. I'm in the process of buying my first home. So I've been very like, aggressive energy today because some things are not going exactly as 
planned. They're not bad, but I'm just, I'm battling with that sense of entitlement versus what I'm actually entitled to. That's been my morning. (laughs) That's a a really strong awareness to recognize the difference between them and to be able to discern it isn't always easy. Yes. And I can't say how many times today I've said, well, I guess I'll just lick my wounds and move on. (laughs) So it's been that kind of day. And that card is like, calm down, fix yourself. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Let's, let's have some love flowing. (laughs) Yeah. Let's put some love back into this transaction. Let's, I even told my realtor, I'm like, I guess I have to like cleanse the shit out of this house now. <laughs> but it's, it's I would not t- that bad. <laughs> I would tell you to do it anyway. So oh, for sure. It's not that bad. I'm just being dramatic, but that card made me laugh because I'm like, I know. I know. So what would be super cool is right after closing when you go in and there's a feather laying on the ground inside the, the house for you, like Ooh. Micah, we love you. I'm going to look out for that. Guides, do you hear me? (laughs) I would love a confirming message that this is the right journey that I've embarked on. Now, licking my wounds is indeed the right thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we dive in, I do want to give a trigger warning that we will be talking about some suicidal thoughts and, you know, some of us are averse to hearing about those things. So if that's you, then circle back and catch us in the next episode. Um, But Mike, I want to start with when did you first feel the call to really explore your spiritual connection? So definitely, there's two parts to this story. I was in New York City, and I had the most amazing time. It was like, a poster card experience. It was the week of Christmas. I was with my son and my whole family uh, from my dad's side. And the best gift, the best gift of that trip is I have a sister that I've been looking for for a really long time. And I found her while I was in New York. Cool. Which we ended up meeting in person a couple years after that, but we had finally digitally connected and talked on the phone and it was amazing. And New York, I felt alive. I felt really empowered. I felt all these very good, wonderful feelings. Um, And I had sensed, especially around areas you would expect, like the World Trade Center, for example, it not only affected me, but affected my son before I realized what property I was standing on. And then I looked up and looked around and I was like, oh, this makes sense. Why, Why I feel this way and don't understand it. And so I share all of that to say that generally my trip to New York was very magical and such an amazing experience. But as soon as I got home, I came home with so much ambition. Like I live in a really amazing place. I'm going to start making plans to check out all these really amazing things close to where I live. It's like the the travel and adventure bug bit me and I was ready to go and live life to the fullest. And then it was like within 24 hours, I had completely crashed and had a complete opposite feeling. I remember I'd put my son to bed and everything was good. And I was sitting on the floor in my living room, 
having these thoughts that I just literally did not recognize. Mm. And I remember thinking, ah, what is the point? What is the point of all of this? Why are you doing this? There's just no point. And that, that were, that was the thoughts that kept running through my head. Like, what's the point? And it took me a minute to check out of that and check back in with myself and realize, wow, I'm really feeling this. I'm not just thinking things like I was feeling what is the point all the way to my core, which was such a complete opposite of what I had been feeling just that morning. And have you, had you ever felt that way historically? Not to that degree. No, I have felt upset with life. Um, but never had I felt, I almost felt like I was disassociating from reality because I was, I had a, in my living room, I had an L-shaped couch and I was sitting on the floor at the corner of the L, just leaned up in the corner and my legs were sticking out and I was, the light was on. I never have the light on the ceiling. I always like mood lighting, dim, <laughs> all this, you know, sure. bright light, <laughs> And the TV wasn't on and it was quiet. And I was just sitting there thinking, what is the point? And that I did not recognize. No, it was deep. It was so deep that I reached out to all of my friends and I told them, I think I'm in trouble. I'm having thoughts that I don't, I don't know where they came from. I don't know why I was just so happy. You know, it was, it was, it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I, you know, I, I did absolutely go through like therapy and I did do my due diligence, but it wasn't until later that I realized in that moment that I was carrying things with me that were not mine. And that's when I learned what oppression means. (laughs) So it was a really huge burden that you were carrying that because you were you're so empathic had you really associated yourself with the idea of being an empath before I had heard the word before uh, but it wasn't even at that moment after New York that I had associated it yet I really thought something was wrong with me and for a long time I had that thought there were moments um when I would visit historical buildings or I used to get very overwhelmed and anxious and I would have mood swings, but I was never diagnosed with anything related to that, but I was kind of a little out of control emotionally for a while. (laughs) No one knew though, (laughs) because. But I think a lot of us experience that and it's not like you have a team of other psychic mediums who are just hanging out with you who can be like oh yeah we've experienced that it's normal this is what we do yeah you can't talk to anyone about it and I have a funny story about that too (laughs) (laughs) who do you call you don't call ghostbusters (laughs) like (laughs) you can sit with it and google everything Well, but now you call me, so that's good at least. Now I do call you. I do. (laughs) Hey, Jamie, I've had a dream. What does this mean? (laughs) You're like, you're tired. That's what it means. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) So after you went to New York, I want to hear about what happened when you went to New Orleans. Yes. 
So it was literally about a month later, I went to New Orleans for my 30th birthday. And this was my first time ever visiting the city. I left my son at home with my mom. And so this was like my adventure and I was so excited. And then the entire time I was there, I was exhausted. <laughs> I I don't really drink that much. And Bourbon Street is, frankly, makes me, it's just a hard place for me to be in for multiple reasons. One being like seeing the historical brick roads and then all of the mess around it, it frustrates me. <laughs> well, yeah, it's totally incongruent. Yes, I don't like it. <laughs> But I say that to say that when I was in New Orleans, I was having um, very noticeable yawning spells. Mm. I was getting plenty of sleep everywhere I go. I'm just like yawning, yawning, yawning. And my spirit, parts of my spirit were just like waking up. And I didn't realize at the time that, I don't know, it was as if someone was pressing a button and I was starting to sense and feel things. And it was to the point where I felt like, and I've described this so many times that the veil between the living and the dead in New Orleans is so thin and I didn't feel alone, but I didn't know how to explain it. I went to, I went on one of those ghost hunts where we actually get to carry, you know, equipment and. Oh, cool. Yeah. (laughs) And I was having so many experiences that the guy who ran the ghost hunt like he was calling me ghost girl or something (laughs) because I apparently was attracting, you know, so people were coming around me with their meters and stuff because I was attracting the spirits. So you mean we've been spelling ghost girl wrong, spelling it R I O T. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was just really, it was bizarre. I was so entertained by it. I wasn't really afraid. I mean, I think I liked the attention too, because it was exciting and riveting, you know? (laughs) Well, and you were, this is your first experience being a channel. I, I think so. I had experiences growing up as a child, but I could never tell you what it was. But it was in that moment that I felt very connected. I felt very drawn to these obscure areas of the park that we are, were investigating, almost as if I was following kids around it. It was just, yeah, it was different. It was so different that I asked the man who was leading the tour, I said, so I feel these things and I don't know what they mean. Is there a word for it? <laughs> And he goes, empath? And I said, no, I mean, what is that? <laughs> I I I figured I was a sensitive and empathetic person, but I didn't know that empath was another level. I I was like, oh, is that why I cry sometimes? And when I it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't know. I was I had no idea what that well, meant. But I think that so many people can relate to that because if we don't have experience knowing what these different terms are and different feelings and experiences are, then of course we're going to feel like something's wrong with us. Yes. And and that's not the case. Yes. Especially coming from a very conservative Southern background, 
it, I was raised to believe that there was no gray area, you know, it's angels, it's demons, it's heaven, it's hell, it's black, it's white, that, you know, there's nothing in between. And if I'm encountering anything in between, it's bad and you need to get rid of it. (laughs) Yeah. And then this whole universe is like, Micah, hello, hello. We, we want you to see us. Yes. And I realize now as an adult that this very much contributed to my, my insecurities. Mm-hmm. The, the, it, it contributed to the type of person I grew up to be, which I think is a good person. I know is a good person. And I'm very happy with who I am today. And I realize now that all of those years I was blaming myself for bad things happening to me because I thought I was attracting it. I thought I was asking for it religiously, spiritually. I know better now. (laughs) That's such a good example of the programming that we're subject to from our childhoods in this incarnation and millennia worth Mm -hmm. of conditioning. So The fact that you can articulate that and you've really pivoted and you're moving in this direction of growth is phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. It, it has been difficult because even still today in my clairvoyance practices, I, I still subscribe to the same religion I grew up with and I, but I feel good about it because it's a version that I believe and not the version I was told to believe. And it, it works. And I, I feel good there. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. And that permission to take what serves you from the religion you grew up in is extremely powerful. Yes. And I have to share these rest of the story because there was one person I had met in that on that journey who changed everything for me when when I was speaking to the man who was leading the tour he's like oh you know I'm I'm actually from where you're from and I have friends in town who probably know people in the paranormal community that you can reach out to and get help or guidance with. So lesson one is when you know you're in the right place and time, speak your truth and ask for help. <laughs> Don't hesitate because this is not something you can just search for online. You know, there it, it, it is challenging. Maybe it's getting better, but even just three years ago, it was hard. (laughs) Well, I think it is becoming normalized, but it's still a process. Yes. And so when I came home, I started looking up every paranormal community in Houston. (laughs) I was like, every ghost team has a psychic. That's where (laughs) I should start. And I did. And I found this amazing woman. Her name is Hazel. We're friends to this day. She's the one She was the first person who said, you aren't crazy. She's never asked for anything in return. It really just developed into this really beautiful friendship. And yeah, to this day, I know we've spent multiple lives together. (laughs) There's no way. It's just, we fit. And she provided me with very amazing tools 
even just the first and second time that we met, that I was able to really start controlling my space and the energy. I knew how to build walls. I knew how to put them down. I knew how to get my life back. And I'm telling you, changed everything. I, you know, it just changed everything. (laughs) Awesome. So that's super encouraging for people who are also on this development journey. Really, we're all at different places on the journey of development. Mm -hmm. But knowing that other people have felt this way and they're getting a handle on it and starting to understand how it can serve them is really important. Yes, yes. And it's the simplest things. What I've learned is everything starts with intention. So if you feel like you don't have control of your environment, like in my office, if I feel I don't have control, I'm like, get out of here. You know, (laughs) it's that simple, but it's really having the intention behind it. And of course there's more to it, but it starts there. Absolutely. (laughs) I want to talk about some weird experiences you've had with spirit. Can you tell us a story of one of those? So rule number two, because I think I gave a first rule. So the second rule is keep a journal because these experiences will come and go so fast. It is very hard to remember everything. (laughs) And keeping a journal has allowed me the opportunity to put pieces together. So in the story that I'm going to share is one experience happened maybe a year before the second, but I firmly believe that they're related. And it was quite an amazing and affirming experience. And then the second story I want to share, I think uh, is just a really cool story. Can I share two? Of course. (laughs) Okay. So the first story has two parts. I was having a dream about a little girl named Lily. And in my dream, she was trying to pass through the light, pass to the other side, but clearly she could not. And it wasn't because she couldn't or didn't want to. It's because there were, and something was holding her back, these beings. I don't know all the right terms. I'm still growing in my practice. So there were these beings who were like, no, you can't go. (laughs) And the little girl, I don't know. She just reached out to me for help. And so I offered her guidance and protection and I held her hand and I walked her through it despite all the noise around us. Awesome. Yes. And the the dream was so profound that I woke up and I texted my friends. I was like, oh my gosh, I had a dream about this little girl named Lily. And I did this and it was, it just felt very profound. Well, fast forward, maybe a year later, I am sleeping, sound asleep. And I wake up, I turn on the light I'm not frozen in bed. I'm like, who's here? (laughs) And I turn on the light and I I could sense there were two beings and it was such a profound sense. I I had, I think when you wake up out of sleep like that, there's no question. There's just knowing. Yes. I would agree with that. It was like that. And my visitors, I knew right away, Michael and Lily. And in that moment, Michael gave me a message and I remember going, Oh yeah, that's good. And I reached for my journal and it's not there. And I was like, hold on, Michael. 
And I like run to the living room to get my journal and come back. And I forgot the message. (laughs) I, to this day, it haunts me because I want so badly to know. Um, But my sense from those two combined experiences is that the Lily was the same Lily. Lily as a child and then Lily as a young beautiful woman it it was there was a growth progression between the two versions of her and I don't have the answers to it quite yet but I do sense it was like um either Lily and I are connected it was a thank you or Michael's a protector I I don't know I'm still trying to figure that out (laughs) that's awesome um so time doesn't exist outside of our human experience so you know that's interesting that it was a year apart and she showed up in such different ways and I find that spirit often shows up as like our most beautiful expression of ourselves in a recognizable way to you Um, so like for example if my father shows up to me he may look different than he did when he passed away, but he's recognizable to me. Okay. So that may have been what, how Lily was showing up to you. And the message that Michael gave you, what the message actually was, isn't what you needed to carry forward from that experience. (laughs) So don't keep beating yourself up over forgetting the message. to no <laughs> I want to know I want to write it in my journal <laughs> so yeah. now tell what tell us the second story that you were mentioning oh the second story so every experience that I have I will consider it like a stepping stone or the staircase that I'm climbing where each step I take I feel less stupid <laughs> Each step I take, I'm like, okay, you're not crazy. You're getting better. You're getting stronger. And so I have many stories like that. But for some reason, I feel called to share this one. I don't know why. But um, I will purposely put myself in places in order to, I guess, practice or connect. Um, Because I, I have a hard time connecting at home. I think I just subconsciously don't want to because it's my home. And I'm sure don't come in here. And I live by water. So I feel like I'm always like, (laughs) (laughs) but anyways, um, I went to the Holocaust museum. Uh, there's two reasons for that. Well, three, I think like many, many people, I know I'm not the only one. I have a very deep connection to world war two. Uh, I don't know if I've romanticized it, the historical, like romanticize is not the right word for it, but I think that is kind of what media does with the movies we watch and the books we read. Sure. But also my grandpa was a very, very big war nerd. I mean, we were always watching like war documentaries and (laughs) MASH. I love MASH actually. I love that show. (laughs) So you know, going to the Holocaust Museum is something I visit at least once a year, just to kind of, not kind of, just to pay my respects and place myself in that energy. So I actually went there not hoping to connect with anything because to me that 
doesn't feel, but I would go to Goodwill to do that. I wouldn't go to the Holocaust Museum to do that. <laughs> you know totally what I mean? understand. Yeah. Okay. So I was visiting, I felt called to go there. It was my, my friend and I had, she had just had her birthday lunch and she had to go back to work and I had time to kill. So I was like, it's about that time I go visit and just pay my respects. And so I'm walking through the museum and there's a cart from one of the original trains and uh, they've painted it, but there's a piece of paint that's chipped and you can see the wood. Uh, and of course I wanted to touch it. So <laughs> I was touching it and just standing there in that moment. And in my mind, I wanted to just, I don't know, I guess just feel and offer some kind of light, anything I could contribute. I don't know. So I kept walking through the museum, just praying for all the victims and and thinking about them and hoping that they're in better places now or living better lives now. And I felt something hold my hand and it was a smaller, it was like a child's hand. And I looked around and I'm like, Oh, I just have the goosebumps. Me too. (laughs) I was like, Oh, this is the section that's all about the children of the Holocaust. And oh, the goosebumps are all the way up into my cheeks right now. <laughs> and so she, I sensed it was a little girl and she held my hand through the whole exhibit. And it was so profound that I knew I had to tell her bye. I knew I couldn't take her with me. And yeah. I didn't even fully understand why she was there. Um, I mean, I guess why we know why, but, but also this is Houston, Texas and I mean, I would love your input on, on the why for that. Cause I'm like, that was such a long time ago and these objects have come so far. It's so I wanted to, I felt the need to give her a hug and I didn't want to look like a crazy person. <laughs> so I bent down to pretend like I was tiny, tying my shoe and I leaned in and accepted a hug from this childlike oh. spirit. And I told her, you know, have to go. I'm really sorry I need to leave you here, but you can go into the light. You don't have to stay here, but you can't come with me either, which was sad. And I felt immediate closure. And then I just left, you know, finished my walk and left the museum. That was probably one of my really interesting ones. So, (laughs) well, but that's beautiful that you were able to connect with her energy and maybe that's what she needed. Maybe that's why I went. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I, I, I am finding the more I talk about this, that I do tend to attract children that need help. Well, yeah. Maybe you understand their trauma from a different perspective than others do. Maybe I do. I'll look into that. I'll write that in my journal. Get back to you in a year. Okay. (laughs) Right, Jamie. (laughs) Well, I would, I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't spend at least a moment talking about the magic you make on social media. Oh, (laughs) yes. Hmm. (laughs) So, can you tell us a little something about what you do in business? Yes. So, um, if you haven't realized already, I'm a very caring and nurturing person. And so I do offer social media marketing. 
However, my angle is that I offer done for you marketing packages because I really, I call it social media relief. I really want to take the burden off my clients and do what myself and my team are really good at. And uh, yeah, that, that brings me a lot of joy <laughs> knowing that my clients can focus on what they enjoy most and know that that burden's lifted. And I've seen some really great results from that. Of course, they need to contribute some things. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, so I offer, I offer social media marketing and social media relief. (laughs) And you do copywriting for that also, right? Yeah. So I I write content, which is, you know, all the blurbs on the social media post. I, uh, my original wheelhouse is graphic design. So I also, also create graphics and I work with short form video content. So of course I'm making reels and all types of those goodies, basically whatever's trending and whatever we need to do to make the algorithm happy, you know, within reason and boundaries, you know, (laughs) we make the algorithm happy by, you know, creating short form video content because that's what's really um, propelling organic growth right now. So yeah, I'm a very creative person and uh, I think I'm a very good designer. And so <laughs> I, I, I'm i a whole package. I do engagement, I scheduling, strategy. <laughs> and if you thought you were a shitty designer, you wouldn't be doing it professionally. So that's correct. <laughs> Except I've seen some people out there. <laughs> But they don't think they're shitty, most likely. <laughs> True. <laughs> but no, I I really my my business was created out of this, you know, that I'm a rebel archetype, right? Girl. My derby name is Amazon. I have a hard time subscribing to authority. And having a boss is great. And I'm I follow the rules and I'm always like employee of the month, but I hate, I hate it. So <laughs> I wanted to create my own thing. And so I've created this business and I, and I have people on my team and we have so much fun and we do all the things that I wish I had did in the corporate world. And I think my clients feel that energy and they really love it. I think that's absolutely true. So thank if, you. If people want to learn more about the services you offer, where can they do that? Yes. Uh, I need to work on my pitch actually, <laughs> but you can go to my website. It's leebecreative.com. Lee is my middle name. So it's spelt L-E-I-G-H, the letter B creative.com. Awesome. So go check Micah's work out on leebecreative.com. We're going to leave some links in the show notes so you can learn lots more about her and see what offerings she has. Yes, I have um, on my homepage, you can book a call with me and it's free and it just gives us an opportunity to meet and see how I can help. I also have, for people who are not ready to hire me, I have a little course that I built. Nothing crazy because like I said, I don't just not subscribe to authority. (laughs) I also don't like to read and do a lot of like homework. And so I've created this social media relief course, which is a crash course into everything that I do. 
And so I offer the first week free, which is a foundation. So you can go through the program and ask me questions and I'll be there to support. But it's essentially where I say, hey, this is exactly what I do. You can try it yourself. If it doesn't work out, let me know. <laughs> but awesome. it's there, yeah. <laughs> but that's really great for people to see what goes into the process. And yes. I'll be completely candid. You do a way better job than I would ever do. So <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so you make, make sure you check out some of Micah's work and view her program this course it sounds fantastic thank I mean, you if I didn't already hire Micah I'd go <laughs> check out the course <laughs> awesome yeah I mean it social media marketing it, it's not there's no secret behind it so I, I literally tell you everything that I do in there so you can do it yourself perfect <laughs> yeah well, Thank you for sharing that and all of your fantastic wisdom and stories about your pro your process, your connection, and the path that you've been on. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. Peace and badass magic. Thank you for listening to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Jamie Hearn. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.